<laughs> okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck yeah. get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't know. No. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got you. Matt, well, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Left side three. Remy. Remy. Got it. Levine, turn around, jumper up. Starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Matt what's going on man how you doing I know we've got a ton of mailbag questions to get into today but have had quite a busy week this week so far how are you what's up Jordan what's up Bulls Nation doing well um you know uh hoping that uh, Bears Thursday night football will go a little bit better than their loss to the Colts on Sunday uh, but you never feel great coming into a game where you have to play Tom Brady. So I don't know. I'm I'm nervous. Oh man, it's uh, it's kind of funny. We talked to Will about this too, but it's like you don't want to be the team that everybody's under the you know everybody has under the microscope. And for a while, the Bulls were that team. Then they were just like left off in the corner as one of those slides that nobody ever used. And now the Bears are under the microscope. So it feels feels good that the Bulls are not that team, at least right now, or haven't been over the last several months, the team that's under the microscope and constantly criticized. Because it's never be it's never fun to be that team here in Chicago when you are. No. And you know that pretty much every fan base of every team in the city is rabid and crazy and impatient and angry when things aren't going well. Um and and for a while it was like well the bulls had gotten so far off the deep end that they were they were just being ignored whereas teams like the cubs the Sox, and the bears were a little bit more heavily scrutinized even the blackhawks you know having a down year and then you know they were like darlings for like a couple of weeks when they surprisingly made that little mini run in the playoffs but yeah you, you never want to be the team that the the city of chicago is most angry at um but i mean you know, Bears started their season three and one. I don't think anybody really expected that. So the Bulls have a, a long way to go to earn back the trust and, and optimism of the fan base. But at least the steps they're making without actually playing competitive basketball have gone fairly well. That is for sure. Uh, let's let's get into our text and voicemails. You can drop those for us at 331-979-1369. We're going to go all over the place with these texts and voicemails, and you can do that. Do the same. If you're listening to our episode at 7 in the morning or maybe you're listening at 1 a.m., uh, you're a third shifter. It doesn't matter. If you have a burning bull's thought, you can hit us up at 331-979-1369. Texts and voicemails available there. Uh, the first text, Matt, that I found interesting was this from the 773. This says, hey, guys, I think everybody is way too optimistic about Billy Donovan. There were Bulls reporters critiquing Kenny Atkinson for not being a coach that will attract free agents. Kevin Durant has literally tweeted about not liking 
playing for Billy Donovan, and I thought he coached an autopilot in OKC, and his record is more of a result of the Hall of Fame talent they had there. He's blown a 3-1 lead in the conference finals. Oladipo and Sabonis didn't develop until they left for Indy, and plenty of underwhelming first-round exits where he failed to make adjustments. I don't think we would be nearly as high on him if our previous coach wasn't such a train wreck. That's from O in Chicago. Very, very good points, and something that I wanted to get the flip side on was what are the downfalls, what are the negatives, what are the drawbacks of Billy Donovan, and a couple of those I thought are pointed out and and fairly fair for critiquing Donovan. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, do I think there are certain critiques of Donovan in his five years as an NBA head coach that are fair? Yes, absolutely. In-game adjustments being perhaps the biggest one of those. And if you want to say a lot of Hall of Fame-bound talent and not enough, you know, conference finals appearances, not a finals appearance, then okay, fine. Do any of those criticisms and critiques concern me, a Bulls fan, right now? No. Could not be farther from my mind. We are in a pit of misery and despair Uh, And there's like a mudslide that has filled up half of the pit and we are currently drowning in mud and we got to find the rope to climb ourselves out of this mudslide pit of despair. And then when we get out of the mudslide pit of despair using that rope, then we can worry about whether or not we know our way home out of the woods. Let's let's take one step before we talk about these worries of Donovan's shortcomings as a head coach. Because to me, Bulls fans are, if they are worried about that stuff, it's like, dude, how about you don't let your lungs fill up with mudslide mud first before worrying about finding your way home? I do think it's fair, though, not to point those out, too, to just lay them on the table, right? Every every head coach in the NBA is going to have drawbacks and flaws, even the best of them. Greg Popovich has his own flaws. He's got his drawbacks. Not every I can guarantee you not every single player liked working for Greg Popovich or playing under Greg Popovich. But that doesn't mean he's not a great coach. That doesn't mean he hasn't done wonderful things for the Spurs. It happens. Every coach has drawbacks to them. I, I, I do understand laying them out in the forefront, though. What I won't accept is people having buyer's remorse on them because another coach came available a week later, talking about Doc Rivers. Would Doc Rivers been a great coach in Chicago? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would have been thrilled for Doc Rivers to be the Bulls head coach. But it didn't happen. And you can't, you're not going to wait and play these what if games. And I think Will put it perfectly on Monday when he said, Bulls fans need to change their mentality and their mindset, and they need to start worrying about what you do have and not what you don't have. And I think that's so true, and I think that can be even even be implemented in your own daily life outside of sports. Start worrying about what you have, and don't worry about what you don't have or what you didn't get. And I, I appreciated that, and I think people need to realize and respect that even more as a Bulls fan, is we need to change our mentality and our thought process on the things that we do have here at this or in, in this organization and the things we do have to be positive about and not worry about the things that we lost out on. Well, because you brought it up, Jordan, uh, let me just read this text from Casey from the 219 who said, I want to be happy about the Donovan hire and I am, but I can't help but think if we waited a little longer to hire like all the other teams with head coaching vacancies that we could have had a chance at Doc Rivers. Hypothetically speaking, would you have liked Doc over Billy? 
Now, I know you were just saying, like, this is kind of a pointless exercise. Don't worry about would you like Doc over Billy? Be happy that we got Billy because that's certainly how I feel, too. Just for the sake of the exercise, hypothetically, would you, if able, hire and bring in Doc Rivers over Billy Donovan? If they were both available at the same time, I probably would have said go with Doc Rivers if you're going with the guy with experience. He's the one who's won the NBA Finals. Uh, Billy Donovan is not. He's got the Chicago connection. You would be hiring your first coach. You would be hiring your first head coach that's a person of color. Like These would all be monumental moves. But it also doesn't... I I don't think it should take away from anything that Billy Donovan's going to bring to the Bulls, too. I I think if both of those guys were available at that same time, I, I would have steer towards Doc Rivers, but again, Matt, I don't think Doc Rivers chooses Chicago if both of those guys are available and all of the jobs are available at the time that the Bulls hired Billy Donovan. I just don't think that that would have happened. Uh, I think Doc Rivers would have went somewhere else where he knows, hey, if I only want to coach, coach for two or three or four more years, this is the spot I can win now. I don't have to wait a year. I don't have to wait for two years to actually develop guys to get to that point. I, I think there was a better jumping off point of any of these other teams, including Philly, where he had ended up to be that team where it's like okay I can uh, night and day I can flip the switch and here we go this is my best opportunity to win outside the Clippers and then again like there's the worries too is like how the hell did you mess that up how the hell did you did you mess up having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together and Pat Beverly and Lou Williams like how did you blow a 3-1 lead there like those things concerned me as well as well as he does get a lot of credit for for winning a championship with the Celtics and being a Hall of Fame head coach yeah, I mean, I, I certainly see your point about, well, you got to convince Doc to take the job. And maybe some Bulls fans who would like to think, well, you know, Doc has his Chicago ties. Maybe that would be enough of a reason to convince him that he wants to come home and, and coach here. Not necessarily. Not if he wants to go coach a contender right away. And the Sixers, despite their issues, are certainly closer to being a contender in the wide open Easter conference than the Bulls are right now. Uh, so him taking that job makes sense, even in a world where maybe the Bulls had not filled their vacancy before the Sixers did. Um, it's the same reason that I laugh anytime I hear Bulls fans talk about, well, we can get AD to come home, right? And I'm like, dude, Anthony Davis doesn't give a shit about playing in Chicago. He wants to win. He wants to live somewhere that is probably sunny and warm. He wants to play with another star. Like, oh, well, I played high school basketball in Chicago is probably not in the top 10 on his list of priorities for just choosing where he wants to play. And I would probably make the same argument for Doc Rivers. So, you know, it. I understand that Bulls fans might be feeling a little bit like we, we jumped the gun a little bit here with Donovan. But I, I if I'm, you know, if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, like, don't, don't lose sleep over it. We still got ourselves a very, very good coach, a much better coach than Jim Boylan. And it's not just that that's the low bar that we're, you know, improving from. This is a guy who took a team to the Western Conference playoffs in five straight seasons. And yes, he had some talented rosters. He also had some not so talented rosters. And he got them to the playoffs in five straight years. The Bulls haven't had a coach to do anything close to that since Tibbs. True story. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not. Could have hired Felicia to be the head coach, and it would probably make better decisions than Boylan did overall. But uh, I agree with you, man. Like, it just, 
I'm in the mindset of don't worry about what you don't have because my next question for anybody that's questioning is like, okay, what happens if you waited for for Doc Rivers? He told you to screw off, and Billy Donovan goes in. in meanwhile, gets a job somewhere else. Then you're then you're shit out of luck. Then you have nobody. So, like, I, I'm again go back to what Will had said and just just start worrying about what you have and don't worry about what you don't have. And I appreciate that, um, Matt. Before we get to more questions. Text messages and voicemails, 331-979-1369. The place to do that, want to tell our listeners about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right jordan here's an interesting uh spurs bulls trade hypothetical we've got in our inbox this one comes to us from chicago the 312 uh who says hey guys quick question should we call up san antonio and offer them Otto and thad and a second round pick for demar DeRozan and rudy gay spurs get younger including a pick Bulls get two veterans that can actually play who will consistently perform. What do you guys think? Thanks. Keep up the good work. Thanks for checking in. Um, Jordan, to me, this is another example of a Bulls fan who is trying to conjure up a trade that will benefit the Bulls, and they don't quite take enough time to think about whether or not the other team would equally benefit or would find a reason to do this trade. Because at, at least it's Texture tries to make an argument kind of with the Spurs get younger, including a pick. Well, it's only a second round pick, and that is the only youth that you're getting. I mean, technically, Otto, yes, is younger than DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Thad Young and DeMar DeRozan are about the same age. Otto and Thad are about the two elder statesmen on this Bulls roster. So the Bulls aren't really sending a lot of youth over to San Antonio. Now, I, I do know that People are speculating that the Spurs might be getting ready to blow this up. Greg Popovich might finally be getting ready to walk away. The DeRozan trade didn't really work out. They missed the playoffs for the first time in a bajillion years. They could be looking at a rebuild soon. But to me, I look at that offer from the Bulls to the Spurs, and I say, that that doesn't help the Spurs at all. I work for Greg Popovich. <laughs> it's intriguing. I will say that at the very least... DeMar DeRozan, I did think about him like initially, like thinking about stars with maybe a year or two years left. Guys that are kind of, I don't want to say on the back end of their careers, but certainly with the turn signal on getting ready to go down that road, right? And DeRozan being at a $27.7 million player option for next year and then off the books after that and Rudy Gay only being owed $14.5 million. There's a move to be made here. You could maybe include a package which includes Thaddeus Young and maybe a player like Otto, but you're gonna have to juice you're gonna have to juice things up here to make it more intriguing for the San Antonio Spurs to say yes. Whether that be a, a protected first round pick down the line, something that's gonna incentivize them to say, you know what, maybe we can start our rebuild and now allow better players to play, younger players to play, start to develop a little bit more. Cause I mean, I'm thinking about players like uh 
um, Lonnie Walker, for one, who went out with an injury but is going to want and command some playing time here. And he starts to push up against uh, some of these other spots taken over by like Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, that might hinder the amount of playing time he gets over the next couple of years. So it's an interesting trade. But I think the Spurs, like you were saying, are going to ask and command more. Would you be willing if it was, say, Otto Porter and Thaddeus Young and the Bulls gave them a top 25 protected first round pick in 2023? Would you say, OK, maybe I do that deal and, and San Antonio's ready to just clear their books, too, and you flip flop for one year? Yeah, if those were the protections, I would say absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, yes, you still have the headache of figuring out whether or not you want to keep and build around DeMar, who's maybe got a few good years of prime play left. But, like, dude, like, you know, I went up and looked at DeMar DeRozan's contract and was like, shit, he's already 30. Like, he'll be 31 next season. That happened quickly. Um, So that that makes it a little less enticing to me. But, yeah, I mean, if all you're sending is Otto Thad and a protected first, the future first, and it's protected top 20, I'm 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 doing that to gamble for a season on Demar and maybe extend him. Absolutely, I think there's a case to be made of a, of a deal between the Spurs and the Bulls that would make a lot of sense. And I think about Demar Derozan's play too. He fits kind of the mold of what Billy Donovan would want a veteran player that's going to eat up a lot of minutes to do. Like you've got guys that can shoot and are going to command the ball. You need somebody that's going to come in and play defense, but also know if if you need a bucket, he can get one for you. And that's Derozan. Uh, you're going to have Kobe White. You're going to have Zach Levine. You're going to have Lowry Markkinen. All three of those guys are going to command a ton of a ton of shots. And the ball mostly in their hands. And now you need a defender to kind of plug that gap. I mean, for one year, if you're not really set on Otto Porter for the future and you want to try a guy that's had championship level experience, had playoff experience and sort of fits the mold of what Billy Donovan did in OKC kind of makes sense. It's just a matter of, again, if if the Spurs are willing to do that flip and maybe they need to be more incentivized. Maybe it needs to be a lottery protection on that pick as opposed to top 20. Then you start having having different discussions about what the future mold of this Bulls team looks like. Yeah, I mean. That that all makes a lot of sense to me, um, you know. And we'll uh, obviously, you know, they always say it, it takes two teams that want to make a trade to make a trade. Um, and the Spurs are one of those teams that I'm sneakily paying close attention to um, in the upcoming off season because I think they are a team at a crossroads right now. Um, and obviously, Greg Popovich will dictate a lot of that. Does he want to stay and maybe try and tinker the roster a little bit, retool, not rebuild? But if the Spurs decide to to you know ship off Demar and really just start over and try and develop some of these younger pieces on their Walker, you know, or roster, you mentioned Lonnie Walker, you know, Dejounte Murray, another uh, you know really intriguing young prospect, then they might be a team that might be willing to and and eager to uh, get involved in some trade talks uh, this this off season. So what? Again, it goes back to something I've been saying a lot recently. I think if AK would be interested in making a San Antonio deal or a deal with any team, whether it be on draft night or after the facts in the offseason, you better believe he's making calls and keeping his phone in his pocket and on 24-7 because that's the, the kind of you know executive work that we're expecting from this guy. That, that's our goal, to get younger, uh, at positions to get more athletic. Maybe the Spurs will be doing just that, Matt. Today's episode of Lockdown Bulls is also brought to you by Built Bar. 
The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. No, I'm not sure that's a word, but I am sure that I don't care. 18 amazing flavors, six of their new flavors, including Apple Almond Crisp, which I really enjoy, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, and Lemon Almond Cheesecake. Then you got some of the OG flavors that are also delicious. Mint Brownie is my favorite of the OG flavors. I also really like the Toffee Almond and Peanut Butter Brownie as well. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious sports fans. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in these delicious treats. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Great for the keto diet if that's your jam. Take, for example, that peanut butter flavor. 19 grams of protein. 19! While only 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 net grams of carbs. And right now, Built Bar, uh, if you go to BuiltBar.com, Use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Those things are delicious. Jordan and I are eating them like crazy these days. Can't recommend them enough. Go check them out at builtbar.com. All right, Matt, this one uh, quickly, just since we're on the trade talks. Uh, eight four seven. Donovan leaving OKC due to a rebuild. Do you guys believe AK sold him on a quick turnaround via some trades and free agency next summer? Could they go after somebody like Bradley Beal while still retaining a player of the value like Zach Levine? Thanks, guys. This is one that would be we've talked about briefly over the last several weeks. Bradley Beal's contract is massive. It's going to be hard to deal for him. And thinking about the only player that fits that mold, Matt, would be Otto Porter. But why do you send Otto? You wouldn't send Otto Porter back to the Wizards when part of the reason why the Wizards traded him a year ago is because basically he didn't want to play there anymore. He didn't want to play alongside John Wall and Bradley Beal and be third fiddle there. So I, I would love Bradley Beal here. I think he would make a ton of sense. He would be a guy that going to a bigger market, actually getting the credit that he he deserves. Being a two-way player too, he fits the mold everything the Bulls need. I just don't, I don't see a trade possibility for Beal unless you're including Levine or Otto Porter, and Otto Porter is an XO, it's a no automatically, because they just traded to him to the Bulls a year ago because he didn't want to be a part of that team any longer. So, I don't know, it puts you in a weird spot where I don't think a deal's been going to be able to be made with the Wizards for a guy like Beal. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, I will address the other part of this Texas question, which is, do you think AK sold Donovan on a quick turnaround via some trades and free agency next summer? And the simple answer is yes. I think you and I talked about that in one of the first uh, reaction episodes we had to the Donovan hiring because I, you know, I looked at this, at least the AK and Eversley phase as you're starting over. Like, yes, you're carrying over some of the young pieces that, that the Pax and Gar regime started with this rebuild, but the rebuild went from bad to worse. It wasn't going in the right direction. So in that sense, I looked at it as, okay, you're starting over and new new evaluators are coming in to evaluate the talent, evaluate the chemistry on the roster, and then make decisions from there. But if you can pitch Donovan, who was immediately the most coveted coach on the market with several teams with vacancies, and sell him on this 22-win team that you know Donovan just coached against, then yeah, there's clearly some part of AK's plan that involves them turning things around a little bit more quickly than in, you know, 
in in those words, like quote unquote, starting over, because I don't think Donovan would have taken the job otherwise. And we've even heard things like that from AK and Eversley when they've spoken to the media recently in that, you know, and again, it's it's like a it's the boogeyman word. You're afraid to use it, but retool, not rebuild. Maybe we can retool, retool not rebuild away from Gar Foreman and the nightmare that was that phrase of what Bulls fans, Bulls fans went through after hearing that. But maybe this time it's actually something like that. And I 100% believe that AK envisions making this team competitive very quickly as opposed to a long, drawn-out plan. The other side of that that you do have to keep in mind, though, is that his success in Denver was almost entirely predicated on building through their own draft picks. So how can he build some of the picks that the Bulls have made before he arrived, a.k.a. Kobe White, Wendell, Lowry Markkinen, and couple that with his breadth of connections and experience and knowledge working the networks and working the phones in NBA circles to uh, supplement that homegrown talent to turn this around quickly. We, we studied the options, and we've studied the NBA, and we've studied the history of the NBA. Liar! <laughs> uh, all right, a couple more, Matt, uh, before we get out of here. I do see this trending theme, and this is the first time I've looked over our text and voicemail line in a couple weeks. I do see this trending theme that people think that we were very harsh on Jimmy Butler headed into the finals. Uh, this comes from the 702, just said, no lie, uh, your guys' reaction to Jimmy making the finals is kind of harsh. Everyone has the same disadvantages playing in the bubble. The Heat just played really good basketball. I just wanted to ask what you guys is thought about Gafford's development is and if he would acquire a jump shot or where do you see his ceiling being at so two-part question Matt I don't think I don't so yeah Jordan I reacted to just the Jimmy part of that on one of my solo mailbags from I think last week so why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts and then we can get into the Gafford thing I guess the only thing I would say is uh I don't think we were particularly harsh, and maybe it's just harsh from hearing the truth. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and a lot of people revisiting the Jimmy situation are steering the narrative completely different than it was before when he was here. And when and I, I tend to find a lot that's happened the year prior to Jimmy being traded when they signed Wade and they signed Rondo leading all the way up to now there's been so much shit that has happened with this organization and I don't blame fans for forgetting some of the situations some of the narrative that was going on then but if you were going to put yourself back three years ago or three and a half years ago to where you were with Jimmy and where this team was too overall I could tell you with without question there was angst there was frustration and there was some bitterness towards Butler here but again I don't think we were very I don't think we were that harsh on Jimmy and again I will go back to saying does anybody believe Jimmy Butler gets to this point without enduring some of the adversity he did in Chicago in Minnesota and in Philly to get to the point where he's with Miami no he doesn't get to this point at all no way, no how. And again, it's credit to Butler. It is credit 100% to Jimmy and his hard work. So again, I don't I don't know. Maybe we were a little harsh, but I'd like to know specifically what they think think was harsh about uh, our reaction to Jimmy Butler finally making the finals. I'm, I'm with you there, and I've already said my piece on it. So uh, let's, let's keep it moving. Uh, what was the other part? Whether or not Gafford can develop a, a jump shot? Correct, yeah. Can Gafford develop a jump shot, and what do you see as his ceiling? Well, 
Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say it comparatively this way. I started to hear a lot of Bulls fans towards the tail end of their action in February and March when we did see some more Gafford say that they couldn't really discern a, a difference in the ceilings of Gafford and Wendell, and they couldn't really say concretely that Wendell looked like a better player than Gafford. And I understand at least the eye test part of that, which is basically there were some games where Gafford came in and was instantly visibly a difference maker because the dude plays above the rim. So, you know, he got involved in some pick and roll, uh, you know, and was finishing with these acrobatic high flying dunks and he was crashing the offensive glass, getting like hustle put back buckets and then occasionally making these like crazy, you know, coming out of nowhere SWAT blocks on the defensive end. That is easy eye test stuff that you can see. What you don't see with Wendell is the basketball IQ, particularly on the defensive end, and how he uses his versatility athletically coupled with his brilliance on the defensive end to cover so much ground. You saw what happened to the Bulls' gimmicky, trap-heavy defensive sk- system when Wendell went out of it. And that is... And I'm, I, I'm not, like, knocking Gafford. Gafford is his own player, and he's got his own upside areas. Right now, fixing Wendell along with fixing Lowry and really getting the ceiling potential out of him is way more of a concern to me than what Daniel Gafford's ceiling is. Did Gafford look like maybe a steal for a second-round draft pick at times during his rookie season? Yeah, he looks like he could be a comp, you know, a complimentary big off the bench in the NBA who could do a couple of things really well. Does he have the all-defensive team potential that Wendell has? No, I don't think he does. And so to me, when you're asking about what, uh, Gafford's ceiling, my immediate reaction is we need to focus on Wendell's ceiling first. I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to think about Gafford, though, in a sense that Billy Donovan being the new head coach, the way he used Stephen Adams, I think can be parallel to how he may might want to use and develop Gafford. And I would have to go back to and watch how he used Nerlens Noel as well because I feel like he's another guy that seems to, and maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but seems like a guy that he could line up and match with what he wants to do with Gafford. And I still think that Gafford has a lot more value than maybe Nerlens Noel did at the time he was with OKC. But Gafford's good. You can want three things out of Gafford. One, he's going to run the floor really, really well. He's long and can protect you in multiple spots. He's a shot blocking, absolute mammoth of a machine with a shot blocking potential. And so you want him all the way around the rim. That's fantastic. And he's a dude that's going to hammer down dunks too. You're just going to you're going to see him all over Sports Center top 10 for the next several years should he stay healthy and continue on this path. The one thing you shouldn't be as concerned about is involving Gafford really in the offense. And I don't think that that's going to be the mindset of Billy Donovan is, oh, we need more offensive opportunities out of Gafford. No, you need to you need to play to his strengths. And that's getting him those lob opportunities, get him easy buckets around the rim, focus on his rebounding and focus on keeping him on the floor, which also I think can be said for Gaff or for Carter, too. 
you got to find a way to keep both of those guys on the floor consistently because go back and look at Gafford's numbers. I mean, consistently, he's following out of games or he's following, he's getting into a game with 10 minutes. He's already picked up four fouls. It's the same thing with Carter, too, is they didn't find, they needed to find a way to keep both of those guys on the floor. And it was a struggle for Carter and for Gafford. So maybe that's just bringing in a couple other complementary pieces that'll help the defense and help take some pressure off those guys. But I am with you, Matt, that saying that I don't think the offensive potential really is what I'm looking for out of Gafford. He would be more of a guy coming off the bench and just playing phenomenal defense and being able to get out and run with guys like Kobe White and Zach Levine. Like That's the strength that you should be playing towards Gafford. Anything more you get out of him, I think, is 100% a plus because you stole him in the second round. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And again, this is something that Bulls fans can look forward to when it comes to a new coaching staff. Because when it comes to optimizing those strengths that Gafford has, we can even see more of that in his second season because Billy Donovan is a coach who recognizes the strengths of his players and accents them and really like puts an emphasis on helping them improve in areas, but in the meantime, making them the most useful versions of themselves based on what he knows to be their strengths. So you can bet that the Gafford who runs the floor, the Gafford who rolls to the rim uh, with that athleticism and that length are things that Donovan will use to his advantage as a coach and Gafford's advantage as a player a hell of a lot more than Jim Boylan ever did. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Thanks to everybody who dropped us texts and voicemails. You can do that at 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. Hit us up there, social media, text and voicemail line. You can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. If you've got more of a extended thought, you can always email us there. You can't reach us on social media or the text and voicemail line. Thanks to our sponsors today in RockAuto.com and in Built Bar for sponsoring our show all week and the past several months. Sponsoring the Locked On Podcast Network, sponsoring us here at Locked On Bulls. So go and support our great sponsors in Rock Auto and Built Bar. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. We've had some boots to asses and we'll continue to have that. <laughs> 